Support for this podcast is provided by Cosmic, a Portland-based agency consisting of technologists, storytellers, and strategists who help nonprofits and B Corps quickly grow revenue and impact. Start growing your mission-driven organization with Cosmic at AmplifyPDX.com. Support for this podcast is provided by Cressa. Cressa is the occupier's champion, the world's premier corporate real estate advisory firm, exclusively serving startup businesses and major global organizations alike. As a Portland pillar for over 25 years, Cressa partners with its clients throughout the entire project lifecycle, from workplace strategy and discovery through the deal transaction and project management delivery of space. Cressa partners without conflict and applies integrated expertise to make your business better. Go to cressa.com Portland to connect with the Portland advisory team. From that cast creative, I'm Dan Bruton, and this is the PDX Executive Podcast. A show where I talk with inspiring leaders who are shaping the future of Portland, Oregon. Every week I sit down with business executives, startup founders, and community leaders to dive into their career journey and get insights into the impactful work they're doing in our slice of the great Pacific Northwest. Hey everyone, welcome back to the PDX Executive Podcast. I'm on a run of interviewing some really great local entrepreneurs, and I'm excited to have the next two uh, guests on, uh, Nora Shields and Elizabeth Shields, who are the founders of Rock Paper Coin. Hey, Nora, Elizabeth, thanks for being on the show. Hey, thanks for having us. Hi. So this is an industry that everybody has just been wanting to it's it's been done the same way for so long, and so I think your your platform and software is very interesting and valuable. So, um, would love for you to start. Just tell us about the company and then kind of the origin story of it. We started Elizabeth and I as wedding planners. We ran Bridal Bliss, which is a wedding planning firm based in Portland and serves the entire Pacific Northwest. And we worked as wedding planners for many years, and we loved it until we didn't. And so we were <laughs> we were out having drinks one day and just kind of complaining to each other and commiserating about how we felt like the process was so manual and there was so much hand holding and we just had to remind our clients to do the same things over and over and it kind of felt like we were babysitting them rather than guiding the whole process. And so we thought there's got to be a better way to do this. Let's find some sort of software solution to kind of streamline our processes. So we were on this mission to find something and we tried literally every possible platform out there and nothing worked for us. Mostly they didn't understand how the wedding industry works. It's kind of like construction where there's a general contractor who's the planner. There are all the vendors like the tile person or the florist. And then there's the end client and all of the platforms leave the wedding planner out of communication. So there's this Mm. huge disconnect. So that was one of the problems we found. Also, some were super expensive and most wedding companies are small businesses. Some are just really not attractive. And when you're in a wedding or an event or creative space, like it has to, it has to show your company through. So those were just a couple of the problems. Couldn't find anything. We decided we were going to hire a developer to create something for us in-house, being very naive about development. Um, Found out very quickly that that probably wasn't the best idea with the cost and the time and all of that. So we kind of sat on it and thought about it for a while and talked to our different friends in the industry throughout the U.S. just to see what other people were using. 
and everyone was frustrated and they kept saying, when you find it, let us know because we'll definitely sign up. So we didn't find it. We built it, um, Rock Paper Coin, after almost a year of research, development. We launched at the end of 2019, which, uh, if you think about it, is right before COVID <laughs> hit yeah, us all and yeah, yeah. annihilated the wedding industry. Yeah. Um, it was almost a blessing and a curse for us because all these wedding pros had some downtime where they normally would have been busy executing events. So they had time to take a high level look at their company, really streamline the way they do things and incorporate new technology. So Rock Paper Coin is our platform that we built specifically for the wedding and event industries. We specialize in proposals, contracts, invoices, shared documents, and basically digitizing the whole booking and onboarding experience for wedding professionals and event professionals and automating a lot of their processes. So what was once very manual and done via email or phone call um, is all done virtually through the platform. And Elizabeth, so this is um, taking both your experience. I, I love, thank you for that overview, Nora. It's like there's the payment solution, but what really perks my ears is almost like this collab collaborative part of it. I mean, I, I, I'm in events. I don't do weddings, but I do like B2B event kind of marketing and, and management. And it's, a, it's just a nightmare <laughs> in general, no matter what <laughs> space you're in. So specific to your industry, this, uh, we'll get into like just the, the sort of the payment part of it, but like the collaboration part, is that what you started with or how does that kind of work? Yep. That's what we started with is that we just felt like there, it, there was so much babysitting happening when a, you know, photographer would send our client a contract. We would then right. be like, Hey, can you forward that to us? Well, they would forward us a link and then it would be like, you don't have permission. So then we'd go back to the client and be like, hey, can you actually download and send us that contract so we can review it? They would do that. Then we would go back to the photographer with edits and then they would resend it. And then that whole time we're like, have you signed the contract? Have you signed the contract? Have you signed the contract? It was just yeah. wild. And it would take like seven to 10 days to from the time a business sends a contract for the couple to sign and return it with payment. Mm. The, the like outdated old mm -hmm. method. Right. I think it's now about 40% of our contracts and invoices are turned around within 24 hours. Wow. And, you know, that's taking into account like due dates and, you know, like, so I think it just shows that we've been talking about millennials and this like generation that's coming up through the ranks for wedding planning for years and years and years. And they're finally here. And listen, they're like only working with vendors that are adopting technology. Sure. And so we were probably even a tiny bit late in getting this to the market because, these couples were just like absolutely demanding it, but there was nothing out there. And so by the time we actually ended up launching it, it was such an easy sell because you are able to book more clients. You're able to book faster, like you're meeting clients with their digital demands of today. So it ended up just being like a huge win on the collaboration side. Now, payments is where we make our money. So that was like a very, you know, critical part to the company as well for us to figure out. But the the pain point really did begin at that collaboration. And so, I mean, you you were both on kind of this, I would, I don't know, best way to describe it, on the service side. And so transitioning to a tech platform, <laughs> just setting the business side for a moment. Yeah. What did you learn? Like, I, I think a lot of us that are in the service industry, whether we're consultants or, or whatever, it's like, yeah, that's a big, and I've talked to other founders on, on this uh, podcast that have made that jump too. It's, it's a big kind of, 
shift and just like your mindset, but just mm -hmm. opening up, you know, a box of uh, worms and other stuff. So yeah. tell us what you learned about doing that. Oh gosh. I mean, basically that we knew nothing about technology. <laughs> like you take for granted, like an app on your phone, like, mm. and how long that takes to develop and how many like, you know, decisions go into making these products that we all just use without thought. Nora and I are non-technical. So that was by far the biggest learning curve was just like having to learn the talk, the lingo mm. and forget like the actual building of it. There was a huge learning curve just starting, you know, and having these conversations. <laughs> we would, our first couple meetings when we were meeting with development teams and different developers out there that were going to help us launch this, they would use this terminology that, you know, as wedding planners, we had never heard any of this. So we're like, you know, nodding and smiling and, you know, totally faking it. We're writing everything down. And then we'd go Google it afterwards to see what the heck they were talking about. So thankfully, we don't have to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. But it was a it was a big, big learning curve. You know, obviously, we'd run a business and scaled a team and done all those things. But launching a, a technical product is a completely different beast. And when you didn't, I mean, so you, you, you know, we're going to outsource it initially to build it for, mm -hmm. for your own uh, purposes. When you decided to like, Hey, we want to create this standalone thing. How did that come together? I know you have some investment. Did you go down that road uh, immediately or how'd that come together? It was, I would say like a little bit more of a natural like progression in that okay. Nora and I bootstrapped for as long as we could, like putting in our own funds. And when it kind of got to the place then that it was getting more serious, we were starting to get more users. We went out and we ended up finding a like third original like co-founder that was a past client Nora had been working with for years and years and years. And she was like, yes, like believed in the product and the app and, you know, really believed in, you know, in Nora. And so she wrote us our first like quote unquote check. And mm. we were so naive. We thought that was going to be our only check that we needed. <laughs> like, like, we've got this, we've got so much money in the bank. And, you know, you quickly learn that that money goes really, really fast and technology is very expensive. So after that, we went to another client that ended up having like a family office and they wrote mm. us like a much larger check. That was kind of like our first like institutional money, so to okay. say with like air quotes. Um, so it was, that was like a really big learning curve for us is like how money works. We also didn't totally understand and get like good advice on like cap table management early mm. on. And I think that was one of the things that we still pay for it today is just like understanding, like when you're starting this company, how important like equity to the founders is for in, for future investors and by giving up too much of it early on can end up really hurting you when you're you're raising money. Yeah, I can I think it's a, to dig into that a little bit for people who haven't founded uh, a specifically technology company before, it's you just want to get going. I think a lot mm -hmm. of founders just like great, we just want to keep yeah. we want to build this. And so the lessons learned from that, I think, can't be overstated enough, right? So 100%. when you, what was some of the, it sounds like you have an amazing network here late, uh, locally of other business folks and um, entrepreneurs. Did you go to them? Did you go to attorneys? Like, how did that come back to uh, straighten that out a little bit, I guess? Yeah, it was definitely a big learning curve that we had to go and talk to other people. Mm. And I would say that the first like legal counsel 
was not like a good hire for us because it wasn't directly related to startups. Mm. And I think that can be like a big miss is that people can get legal advice from like friends or from a lawyer friend or from a friend of a friend who knows a lawyer. And I like just having a really good foundation. And it's as simple as like how to file your business. Like, is it a C corp? Is it an S corp? Like these are all things that we've now learned and had to redo. Like had we had spent a little bit more time in the beginning, like putting down some of those core pillars, it would have saved us a lot of late nights, but there isn't like a book. There isn't like a like resource because every startup navigates at a different starting point, like everyone jumps off at different starting points. So there isn't this like path you can take, but I do think it's a miss because there are some really important core pillars that could be talked about, but everyone's a little shy to talk about it. I think another piece of that is, you know, when we first started this, it was going to be a lot smaller than we intend. Like that was kind of the intention. It wasn't, this has kind of been a much bigger feet and company and network than we had originally planned. So when we were talking about the structure, when we were talking about the initial investment, all of these things, it was kind of for a smaller version of what we've become. So just like thinking bigger is really important when you're first starting. And it might sound like it's so far away and so impossible. Well, if it happens, you want to make sure you do it right. So you set yourself up for success early on. Yeah. And that's a really good point. Cause you don't want to delude yourself a little bit of like, this is grandiose. Um, totally. you know, next Google or whatever, <laughs> but at the same time, you, and in a way you have to have that mindset, I, I guess. And it's, uh, thanks for sharing that. Um, I think it's really valuable for people who might be listening who, you know, want to start a company or just started it and might be like, Oh crap, I got to <laughs> go take yeah. a look at those things again. <laughs> yeah. Um, so talk about the opportunity. I mean, you, you have an, quote unquote, institutional invest, you have like investment firms now, uh, you know, betting on you. What can you share about what's next and um, where are you going? Yeah, I think Nora and I, um, we're both probably a little bit laughing right now because as Nora said, like this is bigger than we ever envisioned it getting. And we are, you know, just coming back from our largest trade show of the year and we invested so much like money and time in that trade show. And it's pretty crazy and amazing to like have people coming up to your booth and being like, I've heard about your company or I love your company. Or you hear other speakers mentioning your brand as like a mm. must have in their like tech stack of, you know, recommendations. So where we're going is definitely a little bit still to like be determined because we, this would have been our vision. Like this was, would have succeeded our expectations, like when we started it. But I think what we love doing and what really drives us is just by helping other small businesses in this, in this community, the wedding and event industry doesn't get a lot of like respect, um, outside of the industry. It's seen as like a creative space or it's just weddings, you know? And so we're trying to kind of break that barrier um, by, you know, being really one of the only like venture backed like tech companies um, in the wedding and event industry. Mm. So I think like short term is definitely continuing to grow, scale, produce more products that really can help these companies to better be better equipped um, with the tech demands for today's couples. And then the next step of that is to 
raise more money or find like a really good partner that can take us to the next level, which would be like an international expansion. Nora, um, I want, I would love for you to add to that. I'm always, I like to, when yeah. I like to have two co, uh, you know, two founders on, cause I mean, you're always in, usually in sync, but it's good to hear from both yeah. of you. But what, what do you think is next? Yeah. Um, I mean, there are short-term answers and there are long-term answers. Yeah. So short-term, we are um, we're adding a lot of features to our platform. We have a full-time development team on staff that, yeah. you know, every every sprint, every two weeks, they push out new features. And the way we do that is, you know, we have an idea of what we want to push out, but we take all of our member feedback and utilize that to um, to really decide what we're doing when, what's coming first and take it from there because we want to make it the best possible product for our members. And there is some functionality that we're missing. We know we're missing it. We're working on it. But the wedding industry, like Elizabeth said, most creatives, not mo- I don't want to generalize, but a lot of creatives are not super tech savvy. They're nervous by tech, like the whole onboarding experience stresses them out. So our, our short-term goal is to just make that as easy as possible. So we have a team in place that does white glove onboarding. If someone is on another platform, we will physically take all of their documents, move them onto our PC for them, just make it like smooth and easy. We do team trainings. We do, um, you know, one-on-one tours once everything is all set up. So um, that's something that we're really focused on um, getting done in this next quarter is is making that more of a priority. But from there, I mean, we have we have big dreams. We want to be the number one payment provider for the wedding and event industry. Um, we're pretty wedding focused at the moment. So in the coming year, we do want to branch out more into more like social, corporate, um, nonprofit type events. So that's that's in the realm as well. Mm. And it's interesting you you mentioned that kind of like white glove, I guess, service on the onboarding. I assume that has a lot to do with your experience being in the industry on the service side. And that's just in your DNA because obviously you see a lot of other kind of self-serve platforms where it's it's just not like that. It's like like figure it out kind of, right? Buy my subscription. So um, that probably is unique to the needs of the customers you're serving, which Mm -hmm. again, going back to the product, your customers are like individual wedding planners or wedding planning companies? Any type of wedding or event vendor. So a photographer, a florist, a caterer. Um, our, probably our biggest numbers are in planners, uh, caterers, venues, and florists. But hopefully that'll change in the coming year and it'll be a little more even. I always like to ask when I have a couple co-founders on as well is starting a company with someone else and it's specifically you are family, right? You're, yeah. how, how has that been? I mean, you had a business together before, so I mean, yeah. that's, that's probably a huge advantage, but what are some things you can share or, or, you know, for the folks on that? So you kind of nailed it on the head. We, the reason our relationship or one of them works so well is we actually started out as coworkers. So I ran Bridal Bliss and then Elizabeth joined the team many years ago and we worked together in tandem for years and it was it was during that time that I introduced her to my brother-in-law, my husband's brother, and they met and, you know, the rest is history. But (laughs) so we had like a really solid working relationship before we came, we became family. And now that we are, it's just really strengthened it. And, you know, blood is thicker than water. I would add to that. I don't know how people start companies without a co-founder. 
Mm. Like for the big picture, Nora and I are very much in sync, but it's actually been really, really helpful when we are out of sync on like how we're feeling about the company like day to day. Because when for like, a month, you're just like in the grind and you're just like, God, like, why are we doing this? You know, you get so bogged down. Typically yeah. then Nora would be like, this is awesome. We're doing so good. We got you. And you kind of just like pull each other through the peaks and valleys. Oh, she froze. <laughs> I know oh, what she- she's going to say though, is that it's such a roller coaster to, to run a company and start a company and to have somebody there when you're up, they're down or vice versa. So you really kind of bring each other to the middle and you have someone that really understands exactly what you're going through because I mean, it's a ride. There are high highs and there are low lows and my husband only wants to hear so much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He can't really relate or, you know, your friends, they can't totally relate, but someone that's like in it, in the weeds with you is um, it's priceless. And I can tell you, comparing the two companies, Bridal Bliss, I started and built myself for many years. And I had nobody, there were no like, online groups. So there were no real mentors at that time, I'm aging myself, but it's been a while. Um, And so now to have that just, you know, solid backbone, someone you love and trust there with you going through it is it's pretty amazing. Yeah, I was gonna say just the fact that you could jump in right when uh, Elizabeth froze <laughs> <Yes>. here uh, <laughs> and finish her sentence is a good sign in the co-founder relationship. Exactly. And, you know, to Elizabeth's point, she mentioned that how people do without co-founders, mm-hmm. but you know, a lot of people know co-founder conflict is one one of the number one reasons companies you know mm-hmm. implode. So yes. it, it's yeah. it's it's tough. Um, well, I know Elizabeth Whiteford to come back and, you know, uh, but we're, we're getting towards the end of the conversation. Um, anyways, I I'm also just curious, what's advice the founders you have during this, you know, during this time? I mean, you launched the company right before your whole industry shut down. Yeah. You know, what, what's some of the things you can share with people, you know, oh starting gosh. companies? Yeah. Advice. Um, I think just have an open mind. Uh, part of like, our functionality and our roadmap and just the way we've like built the company has, has come from advice that was unexpected from friends, from other founders, from, um, you know, other professionals in the area and beyond like a personal connection goes a long way, especially if you're um, trying to find investment or if you just want to like connect with somebody that could potentially um, help you getting an introduction from somebody you know is going to take you a lot further than just a, a right. cold reach out. But at the same time, I will share with you something that was so surprising to me, um, especially because we're two non-technical females in this, you know, entrepreneurial world in the Northwest that's pretty male heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, we had so many people reach out just to offer advice and support Mm -hmm. and like to help. So we came in, you know, kind of intimidated because this was, first of all, something that we were not super knowledgeable in. We're learning as we go. And, you know, we're like two two girls trying to pave the way. And so to have that support, and it was just kind of a different experience than what we had in the wedding industry. So Mm -hmm. um, I really loved that and we've taken a lot of advice and we've also not taken a lot of advice so that that is something that we've learned that even though someone that's been there and done it before you doesn't mean that they know exactly what's the best thing for your company 
Elizabeth, what about things you can share you've learned? You know, just talking to Nora, how again your company, you know, started during this time where the industry was your industry was hit pretty hard by the pandemic. So I'd love for you to share as well what you know you learned and advice to other founders. Yeah, I think the like two probably biggest takeaways for me is like you just can't underestimate like trying. And we just like tried a bunch of different things. We had no clue what was going to stick. And whether that's like social media, email drip campaigns, like we just are trying, trying, trying. And it's still today. Like, I mean, I still think we, you know, you have to like constantly be trying new things and different things. And I feel like a lot of other co-founders or founders that we come into contact with and chat about, like it's the thing that exhausts them the most. And, but it's also the things that like click, you know, so without like constantly reinventing and trying, like you just don't know what's going to be the message that sticks with your customers. So I think that's the biggest thing. And then, um, like just that it takes time, like everything, like building technology takes time, outweighing a pandemic that shuts down, like live events takes time. And like, if you can get scrappy during that time, like Nora and I, we ended up pivoting during COVID and becoming like industry speakers. And for Mm -hmm. free, we would talk to hospitality schools, wedding planner groups, education groups, certifications, like you name it. We were like, can we come in and talk for free? And we just pushed like technology. We backdoor sold rock, paper, coin. And that really played out well for us. Like Mm -hmm. we really positioned ourselves nicely and took the time by educating the community, the community kind of ended up turning around and having our backs as like yeah. these industry, like veterans and speakers. That's great. Thanks for sharing that both of you. And uh, where can people find more about rock, paper, coin? And we are at, you, maybe too. Yeah. Rockpapercoin.com. We're also on all the social media outlets, just at rock, paper, coin. And then my, I'm Nora. My email is Nora, N-O-R-A, at rockpapercoin.com. And I would love to hear from anyone, answer any questions, and um, also give back as much as I can. So feel free to reach out. Same. I'm Elizabeth at rockpapercoin.com. Follow us on social media. Give us a shout. Reach out like so many founders (laughs) did with us and helped us along the way. We would love to do the same. Well, Nora and Elizabeth, thanks so much for being on the show. you know, looking forward to having your company, seeing your company take off and follow along. So thanks again. Thanks so much for having us. It was great chatting with you. The PDX Executive Podcast is a production of ThatCast, a Portland, Oregon podcast agency that partners with brands to create custom podcasts. You can learn more at thatcast.com. And please take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast as well.